few weeks ago when I first asked Gary Gibson, the director of the Southern Christian Home, to do these episodes of the child care situation, I phrased the question as, why do we have a child care crisis? In, in the interview, the individuals I, I interview, they, they steer away from that term crisis. And I, I asked them at the end why, and it's because Gary doesn't like them like for them to use that term. Because the fact of the matter is, it's only a crisis because not enough people are stepping up to the plate to, take, to help take care of the situation. Churches have the solution to deal with our current child care situation. But it takes more than just money, as we discussed in this episode. It takes money and manpower. Today, I sit down with Southern Christian Home and I ask them what is the Southern Christian Home and how can churches deal with the child care situation. You're listening to All Things True. I'm your I'm your host, Cody B. November is the month of of thankfulness. You know, with with the last part of the month being the celebration of Thanksgiving, heading into the holiday season right after Halloween, we focus on family, we focus on our blessings, and and we focus on the many things that God has blessed us throughout the year and throughout our life. This month in November, we are going to take a change of pace from what we've done in the past and and I want to focus on the child care crisis here in Arkansas because the fact of the matter is, while many of us are blessed with more than what we've ever had in our, our lifetime, or what we, what we deserve, there are many people in our society who are not blessed. And I want to shine a light on those, those individuals. Because um, the fact of the matter is, there is a child care crisis here in, in, in the state of Arkansas. Um, we, churches, have a responsibility, according to God's word, to take care of the orphans and widows of the world and keep one stain, keep oneself unstained from the world. James says that is pure and undefiled religion. We have a responsibility to take care of those whose society has forgotten, whose society has abused, and, and that includes the the not just kids who have lost parents, but kids who have been abused or neglected, and whose parents have not done a very good job of of, of raising them. Um, and, and that's what brings me here today. Today I'm at the Southern Christian Home, and I'm, I'm with two very special people who have dedicated their life to the child care crisis here in the state of Arkansas. I'm here today with Caroline French. How are you today, Caroline? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm also here today with, with, with Abigail Parrish. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Very good. Very good. Um... The fact of the matter is, Arkansas has always had orphans. Arkansas has always had children who come out of neglectful homes, and, and they've always there's always been abuse, mental, emotional, physical, in in society in our state. Why is there just now a child care crisis, Caroline? Well, um, and I don't know. I know that while, while there has been um, definitely an increase after the pandemic, but I don't know if we would call it a, a crisis, but there definitely has been 
um, post-pandemic more kids in the state of Arkansas's care. And um, that could just be because parents are suddenly faced with around-the-clock um, demands that they didn't have, whereas, you know, I think people appreciate teachers a lot post-pandemic because they, they realize um, all the, the uh, stress and all of the, the training that goes into education and then to also just uh, not be able to stop what they're doing and, and have some free time to them to themselves. I think that that's kind of created this uh, larger uh, demand on finding people to care for, for children. But so, I, go ahead. But I think that, like you said, that there's always been um, this need over several different years, you know, in, in the past, it's just, and, it, and it, the reasons are actually very various, I think. Um, but it is good to talk about why, and I think like, you're asking the right question. It's good to find the preventative ways to, that we can keep the kids in their homes. And so if it's poor planning and, or you know, somebody who didn't think about all this when they sat down and decided to become a parent, you know, we need to figure out those reasons and we do need to address them. Um, I don't know if I'm qualified to answer those kind of questions, but, but I definitely, it's a good conversation to have, absolutely. And, and what do you do here at Southern Christian Home? Uh, yes, sir. I handle the uh, social media, and I handle our website, and I handle, um, so basically all the ways that we communicate with our donors, whether it's through phone calls or um, just reaching out to them and making them want to, you know, stay involved in the Southern Christian Home's mission. Um, because I think a lot of people are aware of us, and we've been around for nearly 100 years, so they kind of know that we're out here in Moralton, Arkansas, but it's, it's kind of, we need to um, raise awareness, which this is helping with that, and that is to keep young people excited about it and to um, find, you know, the ever-changing ways that we can, we can help young people. And it, technology is really helpful in that regard and, and all the ways that, uh, you know, there's just new, there's new ways for people to help uh, far from far away nowadays. The globalization that's taking place, and that's really exciting. And so that's kind of what the outreach that I'm trying to work on for the home. Now, your family, Abigail, has, has worked at the Southern Christian Home your, your entire life? Yes, my entire life. Um, and and you've, you've lived here, and, and, and when you weren't living here, you were going to college, and then you came back and, and worked here at Southern Christian Home. You've met a lot of kids. Yes, I have. With a lot of different backgrounds. Um, how has child care changed throughout those decades? I think now we're seeing smaller groups put into homes. When my parents were house parents here, they had um, they had 30 kids go through their home in two years. Wow. Yeah. And now we're seeing more of a focus on family style for these kids. Um, that's more what they need. And also, um, I think the trauma um, stuff has grown. Like, when we first started, you would see more orphans, more true orphans, and... Um, now it's kids who are being pulled out of their homes because their families can't take care of them for whatever reason. And so you are seeing more traumas with the kids, and so there is more of a need for that smaller group setting. 30 kids in two yeah, years. Yeah, 30 kids in two years. That's, that's incredible. So what, what, what changed from having 30 kids in your home to having smaller families? What, 
what transitioned? I just think like seeing the need for those smaller group families um, and just wanting to give kids more of a family style and not kind of, just kind of make it as normal and, um, and just as natural as possible so you're not adding more trauma mm-hmm. onto what they've already already faced. That's a good point. Because, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Y'all, y'all know the scripture. You're a Christian. This is not a Christian home. You, y'all know, you know the, the ideal the idea of environment for kids is, is a mother, a father in their home raising raising their kids, not um, for, for lack of a better term, a dormitory style setting for, for kids because you can't meet all the emotional needs. I mean, kids, kids already have emotional needs. And then having kids come out of traumatic settings, or you said true orphans, having, having kids who had lost their biological families and their biological parents or, or other adoptive parents and, and having nowhere else to go so they've come here. Um, meeting those psychological needs is, 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 is difficult when there's 30 in, in two years. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons why they're there is a shortage is because you can't put 30 kids in, in one building anymore. You can't stick 15 kids and, and put two guardians in, in, in charge of them simply because it's, it's not ideal. But with that comes a shortage of beds. To say you can only have so many kids in this house, you can only have so many kids in this building means there are kids with no places to go. Right, and, um, and yes, yeah, some of that has to do with the DHS changing their licensing laws, and, and it, is, it is a good thing. Like you said, it's, it's a really good thing for the kids, and so that does create a shortage of uh, parents that we need to hire. So we have, um, so we're a, a residential agency, and we're also a placement agency, so that we have house parents that we pay that live on campus, and we always need more of those, as you're saying, um, that's, that's what we need, manpower. And um, in, by doing that, we can take more kids um, from the state of Arkansas. And so um, I believe it's up to six kids we can place inside a house. So um, that, that does, that's where our demand is. We, we are always looking for young couples or, or, or older couples that have already raised their kids that maybe they're empty nesters and they're, they, wanted, they wanna do something that uh, God is calling them to do. We're always looking for those types of people, and then we also have the foster care side of it, which you know you don't have to live in Moralton, Arkansas. You can live in all over the state, and we would get your home qualified and and get them trained to be foster parents. And so that's another great opportunity for people that if they they don't want to move from their house and they do want to take care of kids, um, that's something that we're we're trying to build throughout Arkansas. And I think that that's. That's, a, that's another special thing too because kids don't have to leave their schools, they can stay with their friends, and it's more of a, a subtle transition for them. Because once again, when you have you know, a, a child who has lived in the same town their entire life and, and they, their parents have been neglectful, um, they've gone to the same school their entire life, they have the same group of friends their entire life to pick up, let's say, to leave I don't know, stuck on Arkansas and then be placed here in, in Moralton, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. It's different. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and it adds more trauma and more psychological and emotional needs to the, to the child. Now, you stated 
um, two types of, what would you say? Oh yes, the residential and uh, placement agency. Agencies, yes, well, what, in, in residential agency, what, what is that? And what's, what's residential agency? I guess that's where I should start. Right, and, and so I guess I should back up too because it's Southern Christian Home is a ministry of the Churches of Christ. So we are a nonprofit organization and we're also um, now licensed, or well, we've been licensed within the state. I shouldn't say that, and it's not, it's not recent. Um, but we are licensed through the state of Arkansas um, to be a placement agency or a residential agency. So that, that means that when people, um, you know, when the DHS calls us and they say, we, we have new kids and we'd like to, if you have the parents, we, we can um, send them to you. And so that's kind of how we work with the state government. And uh, we have actually two people on our staff on the social services team that used to work for the state of Arkansas at DHS, and so they're experts in all the licensing laws, and they're uh, very familiar with all the people that that we talk to regularly through at the state of Arkansas, um, you know, at the DHS offices, that is. And so that's helpful to us, and we can kind of be that liaison for, for people that may not have dealt a lot with, um, with all the red tape and all the bureaucracy and the confusing aspects of, uh, how at how do I follow all the rules and dot all the I's and cross all the T's and stuff? So that's we we want to make that easy for our house parents or potential foster parents or whatever. We we try to make that um, easy, and that's kind of how Abigail helps us a lot too. She's um, she works with all of our house parents very well and is related to uh, one set of our house parents. <laughs> <laughs> Your sister Jalen's house parents. Yes. Um, so let me, let me go to you, Abigail. You you help with with the red tape, uh, with 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 the house parents and and with the foster care, the foster families as well. Um, what what is that? Are you the go between between the government government and them, or or what is it? Um, I'm not. Yeah, we kind of our social service staff, our team is kind of the go between, so that our residential families, the families that are on our campus taking care of kids and our foster families who are out um, throughout the state of Arkansas can just focus on um, parenting these kids because um, that's what we need them to focus on. So we take care of like the legal aspects and um, everything they need to stay in, comply with, in compliance with DHS um, so that they can focus on um, taking care of kids. And that's kind of one of the things that Southern Christian Home um, has to offer these foster families um, is that they they won't be on their own. They'll have um, they'll have our team to help them understand because EHS is it's it changes a lot. It's hard to understand. It can be very frustrating, um, and so that's something we want to offer them so that they can just focus on taking care of kids. And and that's that's one of the reasons why some people don't want to go into foster care because that is intimidating. And, and granted, I don't want to bash DHS because it, it needs to be. Right. Um, you, don't, you don't want to bring kids out of a toxic environment and place them in another toxic environment. You don't want to take them out of a home that has health hazards into another home that has health hazards. So those things have to be checked up on. But it's, it's, it's beautiful to me, the fact that y'all help with that. Because someone who has this drive, who has this need, who has this calling, you know, jumps feet first in, 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 in the foster care system. And you can get overwhelmed easily with all the all the laws and the red tape, and like you said, it is constantly changing. That's 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 a that's a wonderful thing y'all do here. Now, what is the placement agency? 
Uh, the placement is just um, about the foster homes. So like, okay. we're able to uh, go in and, it's, and have a home study is what we call it. And so we'll go in and inspect um, their home, make sure they have fire alarms, you know, and, and other obviously, you know, important things. Make sure there's enough space and everything. And so um, Charlie, our director of children's services, kind of handles that. And uh, then you'll be able to uh, go through the... Uh, pride training so that's where you actually get tips on how to deal with these kids um, that are coming from stuff that you may not have experienced and and how to how to cope with that and and how to um, also help them grow um, develop socially mentally and spiritually and all that so that's um, we actually just met with a, a lady that was two hours away and that she's ready to be a foster mom and she's really excited about it and it's it was really great to see her enthusiasm and to see that she is uh, she wants to give back. She has the time to give back, and she, she's already got a support network through the church. So there, there are people in her Church of Christ that are, that are ready to pick up the kid if she's staying late at work. Um, this, that's really where the Church of Christ has a great you know, support network because it's just like you know, your grandma or something. You, mm-hmm. you, she'd pick you up if, if your mom wasn't available, and so the church is able to kind of wrap their arms around these children. And so that's kind of where we're wanting to go with this uh, foster care network um, throughout the church, uh, throughout the state that is. And so that's that's been something that to me has just been personally encouraging to see. Um, and it's, it's something we're hoping to grow. Uh, we have one uh, foster home right now in Bologna. So that's that's been great. And I believe she has two kids, is yes, that right? She has two. They have two kids there in that home. That's wonderful. And yeah, and so we and we continue training. Um, Abigail kind of helps set up the continual training for these house parents and and these um, foster parents, so that you're not just thrown in the deep and you know you just uh, well I got trained once and I, and now I'm certified. But no, like we continue to me- to meet with them to see if that we can do anything to help them. And so that's that's kind of um, we're kind of growing that part of our. Or the foster care and the placement agency side of our organization. Uh, I want to come back to that, but you do the training? Yeah, I help set up trainings. We. Um, what does that all entail? We mainly use TBRI, which is Trust-Based Relational Intervention, and it just... Um, Let's pretend like I don't know what that is. What is that? Abigail? Trust-Based Relational Intervention <laughs> is about building a... Um, it's about building a relationship with the child of trust, you know, because kids coming out of trauma they don't have that foundation of trust. Um, they don't have the skills to soothe themselves emotionally. Um, and so just just basically it's teaching families how to deal with these kids that are coming out of those traumas. Um, because it, it's, it's diff- there's a difference there because a lot of times what you're seeing is bad behavior is more their survival skills that they've learned throughout the years. It's not just willful disobedience. So kind of how to work with those survival skills, how to help them feel safe. Um, that's, that's kind of the basics of what TBRI is that, all about. That's a wonderful thing. And, and you do those trainings, or you, you said you set those trainings up? Yeah. Um, we, like, there's a whole bunch of different people that offer those types of trainings. And so we just kind of stay on the lookout for what trainings are we oh, so y'all don't have the trainings here in, at no. Southern Christian? Okay. Well, sometimes we will. Sometimes it'll just be like a video 
presentation that we'll show and then we'll discuss it and kind of talk about you know what we've seen and um, kind of how what we're learning fits in with scenarios that we've seen helping kids. And we do, I think we hope to eventually start offering pride training here, like on campus Mm -hmm. during certain times of the years. Um, Like, you know, and we'll have a group of people that all come to those. Um, Charlie's kind of, I think, working on, uh, he's he's going through the pride training himself. It's an eight-week process. And so, um, like Abigail said, we kind of, we have speakers that we know do those uh, types of things. But we do hope to, um, we hope to, to have that, in the future and offer that ourselves, um, like by one of our staff members, like Charlie, our director of children's services, but, um, other right now, other organizations kind of offer that. And so we can send our, our, as a group, you know, we can either do zoom or we can send them to those kind of conferences or to do the pride training that is. Now I'm interviewing Charlie tomorrow. So if you don't know this, this question, I can ask him what, what all is involved with the house check? What all do y'all check for? Uh, there has to be, um, a certain amount of space for each kid placed in the home. Um, we check for fire alarms and just just basic safety stuff. Make sure that there's safety things in place for the kids. Uh, handrails on, on porches. Um, I don't know all. You don't know all. The, I need to ask Charlie that tomorrow. Are, well, I'll ask Charlie that tomorrow. Um, does when when you when Charlie does do a house check and there's issues when there's not enough fire alarms when there's no baby gates for for steps and stairs um does the southern christian home help with those costs that come with getting those items that's an excellent question i'm i'm not sure that we discussed that but i'm sure we would i think that yeah we we really need foster families and so if that's what's keeping somebody from being a foster family i'm sure we would and, and I would even add to this, and, and this is where I'm going to do a little rant, if that's all right with you two. Because yeah. um, this, this is my problem. Um, I believe churches have the problem to solve the child care crisis. I, I, by, I mean, I think the churches of Christ have the solutions to, to solve the child care crisis. What we have is, is, is we have a... We have a wealth displacement issue where we have really wealthy um, older generations and you have millennial generations, our generation, that doesn't have as much money but has able bodies to take care of kids. And in childcare, you need both. Um, churches need to step up to the plate. And if it's fire alarms keeping someone from being foster parents, buy the fire alarms. It'll be all right. God will understand. If it's baby gates, if it's cradles, if it's cribs, if it's if it's if it's uh, uh, the, the the high chairs, churches should supply these things. It's not that difficult, and, and I know for a fact. I know for a fact that if a lady called me today and said, "Hey, I'm, I'm taking in my granddaughter. I'm taking in my grandson. I need a crib, and I need a high chair, and I need baby gates," I could text my elders. And we would have all those items for them that same day. Absolutely. The problem is our generation doesn't know that the elders of congregations and, and the leaderships of congregations would be willing to supply those things. Right. That they would be able to help financially to take care of kids. We need churches to step up and communicate that point better. Right. And say, hey, if you want to be a foster parent or hey, if you're a foster parent, 
we are here to help you financially with, with the items you need. We just have to better communicate those needs with church leaderships and with congregants. Because um, we have the, we have resources, we have the able bodies, we have the funds. Right. We just got to connect the two. And what you're saying is kind of what we're starting to advocate for. We've been going to churches and kind of talking to them about setting up a foster care recruitment system within their church. Um, so that they can recruit families to do foster care, but then also recruit families who will support those foster families mm-hmm. and um, help them with financial needs, help them um, if their kid needs to, if they can't pick up their kid from school, if something comes up, then they can be there to pick up that kid or mm-hmm. um, it, just whatever support they need. Those families are around them and they're supporting them and backing them. With their yes, it makes it a lot less daunting of a task to say, I'm going to take two or three kids or even one into my home that's not mine and I'm going to be responsible for all their well well, we have case plans you know we'd like to see them grow in this way this week or something you know so we give them that and it's it is it's it's a lot I'm not trying to discourage anyone but um just so you know what you're signing up for and so I think and that may be part of the hesitancy like you're saying part of that problem so this, I think the, the great thing about this whole foster care network that we're trying to go through the churches is, is that this is going to remove some of those obstacles. It's going to help them. It's going to be reassuring to them. And like, like Abigail said, you know, if, the, if you can't make a doctor's appointment or, you know, you know someone that you would trust with your own kids and you can call them up and say, hey, I, I can't make it today. Could you take them? And they'll be there. And that... Like you said, we have those kind of people, and we know that we have that heart that's in the church, and it's it's already there. It's just uh, a, a matter of awareness, and it's a matter of um, just kind of maybe having the confidence to come forward and say, "I want I want to do this," and you know, and we're always we welcome those kind of phone calls, and we're happy to talk about that. Um, the The needs are always you know people are always calling, "How can I help?" or or what, what's the Christmas list and stuff. And those questions, the answers to those questions might change over time, but we always do need people as far as to take care of the kids because that's our mission and that's what we're about. So, um, yeah, I would just yeah. encourage anyone who's thinking about that to, to pray about that and, um, and talk to us about it. It takes resources and it takes manpower too. Mm-hmm. Um, you said to, to contact you, to, to give y'all a call. What, what is the best way to contact the Southern Christian Home? Um, our main number is uh, 501-354-2428. And um, if you just, you know, you say, I want to talk about the foster care network or I want to become a house parent, we will direct you to Charlie and, and uh, we'll, you know, just transfer that call. And, and he's excellent. He's got all that licensing standards down. He's, he knows the steps you'll need to take, the background checks. He can... He can talk you through all of that, and so um, we're we're excited about all these young people that are coming out of college, and they always want to help, and all the um, just the, the the excitement that's around the home because, like you said, people want to to help, and it is part of uh, of taking care of these innocent children. That it's that's what it's all about. It's the Christian vision. Um, you know, Jesus called us to go into all the world and and preach the gospel to all people, but he also is called to go into the world and take care of the orphans and widows and take care of 
of the least of these, to feed those who are hungry, to clothe those who are naked, to give water to those who are thirsty, to house those who uh, are, are stranded. Um, one other program I want to highlight that, that Abigail brought to me a few weeks ago, um, and she didn't know I was going to ask her this till just now. Um, what is the mentorship program? Okay, the mentor program, um, you know, we'll go through a series. You'll have to go through background checks and a few things like that. Um, yeah, I, w- I want to go ahead and say everything we've talked about today, you have to go through a background check, just FYI. Sorry. Yeah. And, and that goes back to the fact that we don't want to take a child that comes from a, an abuse neglectful background and put them with someone who's neglectful and abusive. <laughs> Go ahead, Abigail. Yeah, so first we'll help you through that process and then um, we'll let you meet some of our kids and then you can, um, like if there's a kid that you connect with, you can take them out and take them to like their favorite restaurant and just do fun things with them and kind of build a relationship with them. Um, one thing we like to say is that it takes a village to take care of these kids and so it's just kind of a special advocate for that kid and just getting to know them um, and just showing interest in them a lot of these kids are very hungry for love and support it's the auntie uncle program yes you know just just like kids parents take care of them and the auntie uncle comes and and spoils them that's that's what the grandparent program that's that's what this is that is exactly right Uh, i mean my grandparents spoiled me did your grandparents spoil y'all Yes. Y'all turned out. Y'all turned out great. I turned out fantastic. That's right. Well, as, as we talked about earlier, my sister is doing house parenting right now, and she has seven kids in her home. So I have seven yeah. nephews and nieces, and it's it's a blast. I have so much fun with those kids. It's great. Caroline, if someone like to donate to Southern Christian Home, how would they go about doing that? Um, so they can either mail us a check, um, and they can mail that to P.O. Box 649, Marlton, Arkansas, 72110. Or we have on our website at um, schome.org uh, on our How to Help page, there's a page you can just go and, and donate online if, if that's easier for them. Is there a way for people to donate items? Absolutely, yeah. We, we do get calls um, probably almost weekly of uh, different fun items like an instrument or a desk or something. And we love getting those kind of phone calls too. And, and we can usually pick it up if, if the delivery is a problem, you know, for them. So, um, yeah, items are welcome. And uh, time is also, I know, a very valuable commodity, but um, we definitely welcome that. So if you can stop by, if you want to take a tour and you just want to uh, see what we do here with your own eyes, we would be happy to welcome any visitors um, to look around. Abigail, somebody wants to get involved with the mentor program. How would they go about doing that? So if you want to get involved with the mentor program, you can call us. Um, Caroline gave our phone number earlier. You could also email me at abigailp at schome.org. Abigailp at schome. Well, it's, S- it's actually S-E. Home. It's kind of weird. SCHome.org, yeah. .org, very good. Um, if you would like to get involved with that, because it, it takes it takes resources and it takes manpower, as, as we've discussed today and, and this morning. Um, Abigail, is there any final thoughts you have that you'd like to share? Um, as we mentioned earlier, I've grown up around here, and um, I mean, I've seen the difference being in a Christian home. Some of these kids, like, they'll change in a week, be a whole different kid. Um, So 
I mean, I guess we just can't stress enough how much this really is needed. And it's, it's really incredible to be part of that as well and to just see the difference in these kids' lives and to know that, you know, that's an, that's an eternal seed that you're planting. Caroline, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, well, just to back up what she said, you know, this, this is making a difference, and um, this organization has done that for nearly 100 years, and these people, they call these people their parents, and they, they really mean it. And um, we have people that will walk in and say, I, I went here, I, I, this is my home. And so we love having those people that feel like they can come back, and they have fond memories here. So that's, even though we, we try to, reunification is part of our goal, you know, if we can get them back with their uh, biological family if that's in, in their best interest. Um, if not, we want to give them the best experience here possible. And I think that, like Abigail said, that's really, it's really encouraging to see because it comes down from the top to the bottom. Our board is, they're, they're caring people in the church and the, our office staff care about the kids and are willing to, to work late if they need to. And then it goes obviously to our house parents who are amazing and and signed up for this and they love it and they, so I just think um, if you want to come be a part of this we, we want you to so thank you for listening to all things true um, if, if you have any questions I, I would encourage you to contact us on the Christian home and, and you can also email us at prairievillecoc at gmail.com that's prairievillecoc at gmail.com thank you so much for listening and- Thank you.